the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is brought to you by the Neurology Center of San Antonio and River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. This is a church that exists to help people find the real life they were created for. That's according to John 10.10. And we are studying the book of Philippians in the series Under Construction with a serious look at your finances. If you need a little wisdom in the financial department, we'll keep it right here. In fact, we recommend you follow along with the notes to this sermon at reallife.org if you click on the sermon archive link. But let's get right to it. Here's Pastor Sean Azaro, and this is Real Life Radio. Last week, we saw that great things require great thoughts. Great thoughts require great thinkers. And we saw that God was working on the way we look at things, we, the way we shape our perspective by our thoughts. And that was a powerful instruction from Philippians 4 there. But now we're going to pick up in verse 10 and we're going to talk a little bit about finances. And that's one of those subjects that I think we get a little weird on. You know, it's private and yet it's something that we handle all the time. The Bible talks about money, wealth, resources, finances a lot because it was written to people who have to deal with those issues. And we gotta, we gotta stop letting this area of our life that is so prevalent, so every day, escape the scrutiny of God's Word. And so I'm really glad that in this particular passage here, Paul brings it up for us, and he takes some time. He's basically writing a thank you note. This is, that's the occasion of these next few verses. It's a thank you note for a gift that the people sent to help support his ministry. The Philippian church sent resources to help Paul's ministry, to help support him while he was in prison. And, you know, in the Roman prison system, if you didn't get support from others, you uh, were really up a creek with no paddle. Um, and so this was a gift, but they had supported his ministry. And he's just writing a thank you note. Beginning at verse 10, he says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you've renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you've been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. That's a big statement. I mean, I want to hear what comes next. I have learned the secret of being content, not of acting content, not of faking contentment. Not of kind of putting on the face of contentment when really I have more resentment than contentment. But really being content. You know what content means? And we're going to talk about this more next week. It means I've got enough. I'm good to go. And he says, I've learned the secret of that contentment. Here it is. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Boom. That's it. I can do everything. Whether I have a lot, whether I have a little, through him who gives me strength. 
Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in this matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I'm looking for the gift, but I'm looking for what, me, what may be credited to your account. That's an important phrase we'll look at in a couple weeks. I've received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I've received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And listen to what he says here. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. What a powerful promise. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. See, Paul could have just said, thank you for the gift. I really appreciate it. But he didn't. He took time to stop and talk to them a little bit about this thing of contentment, resources, giving, finances. That's one of the things, that's one of the things that I think we, we miss a little bit because we don't pass an offering plate here and we do that very strategically. We, we really believe the Lord laid that on our hearts. Our people give. They understand support for the ministry. Um, we have the offering boxes in the back, but we don't pass a plate because we want you to be able to bring guests and visitors without them having that awkward moment of, okay, now you want me to pay? I, you dragged me to church, and I'm listening to this guy, and now i got to pay for it? Seriously? I mean, you know the thing. I, I don't want our guests ever to misunderstand. I want them to be able to come, taste, and see experience, and just let that be a gift for them and want them to be able to process apart from that pressure, even if it's not. And one of the downsides is we don't often have occasion to really bring the subject up. And it's an important one because we deal with it all the time. And this issue of finances is so important. That's why the Bible talks about it so much, because it's deeply personal. Resources are personal. You know why? Because they're how we meet our needs. In your notes, there's an opportunity to write in a word. Write the word security. When we start thinking about meeting our needs, okay, uh, there's our physical needs, okay? Just, are, am, am I going to have enough to eat? Do I have a roof over my head? What about, what about retirement? What about all these things? Th- this idea of security, are we going to be okay? Am I going to have enough? Comes up, and always when we start thinking about, am I going to be okay? Am I going to have enough? What, what about food? What about all this stuff? The finances comes up. And resources come up, and we deal with it. It's how I meet my needs. It's not only how I meet my needs, it's how we pursue our desires. And if you'd write the word empowerment in that blank, how we pursue our desires, empowerment. This idea, there's things I want to do in life, I want to accomplish, I want to achieve. There's things I want for my kids, I want them to have opportunities. It's empowerment. Be able to pursue the things that God's put in my heart that I think are right for my family, but whenever I come up to that, I'm going to end up saying those, those few words. How much is it going to cost? If I talk about security, if I talk about groceries, if I talk about anything, how much it costs? It's going to come down to this issue of resources. Resources are very close and personal because they are how we meet some of these deeper needs. And because of that, often when we start talking about resources and we start talking about these needs, there's a little bit of a fear base. We process from the point of fear. What if I don't have enough? 
What if I can't go do the things I want? What if I can't have the things I want? What if this, and and all the what ifs come in, and we have a perspective of fear. And fear will cause us to make foolish mistakes when it comes to resources every single time. There's lots of mistakes that happen financially that we could probably all tell a story. I mean, maybe in small groups we should have a little conversation. The dumbest thing I've ever done for money is, I bet we could have a great laugh over that one, okay? But that Fear causes us to make mistakes. Debt. We can see debt so often. So many people get sidetracked and beat up and stressed out over debt because they made some decisions, some mistakes out of fear. Money obsession. Some people become obsessed with money. It's a mistake. Fear. Work obsession. Workaholism. We get obsessed because I got to make more. I got to do more. I got to. And it's based on fear. Cheating, which is really just stealing whether it's something as simple as the change you get from a clerk in a store or the number you put in a blank on your tax return. It's fear-based. i got to do I, fear. Overall, it can lead to a total stress-filled life because of this issue of finances. And what's interesting in this passage, Paul doesn't just give some teaching. He exhibits from his own example a totally different perspective. It's a radically different outlook on resources. There's zero fear. The guy's in prison. He's dependent on others for anything he gets. And he has zero fear. Because two things, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I'm going to be fine. I am amply supplied. I've learned the secret of being content, no matter how much or how little I have. Because I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And not only that, not just for him, it's not that he's just so special He says, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his glorious riches. And God's glorious riches are, well, glorious. He's not broke. He's got a lot. This is good news. His security, where his needs are met. His empowerment, those things that God's put in his heart to do, those things he wants to do in life, they are found and rooted in his understanding. Remember the the phrase we talked about last time? Because the Lord is near. That changes his whole perspective about this issue of resources. Instead of the fear perspective, and there's a couple of blanks in your notes, fill these in, he has a faith perspective. And those are the two tug-of-war kind of opposites, fear and faith. Fear says, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? i got to take care of it. What if there's not enough? Well, I can't control everything, but I'm going to try. Faith says, but wait a minute, the Lord is near. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My God shall supply all your needs according to his glorious riches. That's what faith says. It's a worldview. It's a lens through which we look at every financial, well, every life challenge. But finances is just this big, ever-present, really good illustration for us. And it's either fear or faith. Look what Jesus taught. And we can't talk about this issue without going to this amazing passage in Matthew 6. I love it and hate it at the same time. I really do. I love just the freedom that jesus describes and i know he's right i know it's for me i hate this is so hard and you are listening to real life radio a service of river city community church which meets every sunday morning at the corner of redland road and jones malsberger just inside loop 1604 you can find details directions and service times at the website reallife.org you can also see that vacation bible school is coming up in a couple of weeks so get the kids signed up for some great fun lots of singing and the theme is going to be backstage with the bible And right now, we'd also like to take a moment to mention that today's program is made possible by the Neurology Center of San Antonio with Dr. Ann Bass. 
1314 East Sonterra Suite 601. And the number for Dr. Ann Bass is 490-0016. And we'll be right back in one minute with more of this message called Finances Under Construction. And this is Real Life Radio. Decisions about your child's education are some of the most important decisions that you as a parent will ever have to make. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and I'd like to introduce you to an exceptional new educational opportunity available here in San Antonio. We have recently partnered with Believers Academy to form the new River City Believers Academy, a school with a tradition of academic excellence and a vision to prepare students for real life. RCBA equips students with the academic tools to thrive in an ever-changing world, as well as the character and worldview to make the best use of those tools. Each child is unique, so our faculty is committed to using creative and innovative approaches in the classroom to engage different learning styles. River City Believers Academy is an affordable private Christian school dedicated to preparing your student to become a leader in his or her chosen field. We're accepting applications for the fall semester in all grades from K through 12. For information, call 656-2999 or look us up on the web at BelieversAcademy.org. Welcome back, and we return to Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church, and this is Real Life Radio. I love just the, the freedom that Jesus describes, and I know he's right. I know it's for me. I hate that this is so hard. And that so often I'm so far from this. Listen to what Jesus said in verse 19 of Matthew chapter 6. He says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and thieves break in and steal. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Very important verse. 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. He's not talking about your vision, your focus. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. If your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate the one and love the other. He'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. And then he brings it home. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Isn't life more important than food? And the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? What a beautiful, simple picture. Why is it so hard for me? Because at the same time, it's attractive in drawing. that Man, look at the birds there. It's a little off-putting. Because I'm like, but, but God, I mean, I'm, somebody's got, I, you know, my kids, they're, they're amazingly addicted to meals and stuff. They love to eat. I don't know what's wrong with them, God. You know? And I don't mind it either, quite frankly, as you can probably tell. That's hard. You don't want me to worry about it at all? You want me to, what, what, what are you saying here, God? Verse 28, why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I'll tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Now that's just true. Yesterday I went out and had to drive a couple hours to a place where our our sportsmen were having an event and the Texas wildflowers are coming in. And we've had a good rain over the last number of months and they're just beautiful. The colors are just vivid. And Jesus is right. I mean, I saw some of those fields, and I'm just like, oh, my God. 
gosh, that's just gorgeous. You want to stop and take a picture every three miles, you know? Just, oh, each field is more beautiful than the previous one. And he's right, Solomon, as wonderful as his splendor may have been, wasn't that beautiful. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, which is here today, let me find it here, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he, how much more will he not clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans, the unbelievers, run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Take hope in that right there. Because I'm starting to get worried here. I'm like, okay, okay, well, somebody's got to be concerned about this, God. All right? Somebody's got to kind of have their eye on the ball a little bit here, right? Don't worry. Saying, what shall we eat, drink, what shall we wear? Unbelievers run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows you need them. Verse 33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. There's the promise of God. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own that's good that jesus didn't just say all of a sudden give us too big of a bite to to kind of handle right there don't worry ever okay it's really his goal he wants us to be free from that but he just says okay here's the deal for you don't worry about tomorrow you can't do anything about it right now anyway just take care of today today's got enough his goal is to set us absolutely free. Don't worry. Don't fear. And he gives us these pictures of birds, of flowers. I mean, that's a little hard to grab onto. He showed me a few years ago, some, I've told some of you this story, sitting in my backyard watching a squirrel jump around the trees. And, of course, to some of you leaders, that will bring up the image of a horrible illustration almost gone awry. But for others of you, you are untainted. I'm in my backyard, and I'm watching this squirrel. And I lived in a little neighborhood where, I mean, literally the four backyards, there's four backyards at an intersection. So one owner, two, three, four, okay? They backed up to us. And there's a tree there, a couple big bushes, and this squirrel is jumping through the tree and the bushes, just having a great time. And I'm, I'm out there, I'm praying, I'm talking to the Lord, and I start watching the squirrel, and I'm like, he's going in my yard? What's this squirrel doing in my yard? Get out of my yard, that's my yard. And then he's in the neighbor's yard. And then he's in the other neighbor's yard. He's back in mine. And just going through this tree, having a great time. And the Lord revealed to me that squirrel is smarter than you. Which was a bit of a blow. Because he did not look like a bright squirrel. I'll just let you know. That squirrel is smarter than you because he understands a reality that you don't. This yard isn't yours. Oh yeah, you may have the mortgage, you may have the deed on the house, you may have whatever, but someday, not too far future, you're not going to live there anymore. And I don't live there anymore. And someday, you're not going to live anywhere on earth. No matter how long you stay in a place, in the scheme of eternity, it's a blip on the screen. It's not yours. That squirrel gets it. It's all mine, says God. And that squirrel is wherever he can go because it's God's, he's God's, he's free. He wasn't worried about ownership, wasn't worried. As he crossed over fence lines, it didn't matter. He was just enjoying the day that God had given him. You see, the squirrel was free from something I was suffering with, and it was called the illusion of ownership. And it is an illusion. Job 121 makes it real plain. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. That's it. 
told the goofy story a couple weeks ago about the guy trying to carry a suitcase full of gold into heaven. And the obvious humor of it is you can't take anything into heaven, obviously. We go out the way we came. It really is alone. It's all a loner. We, we, we loan it for, for however long we're here on earth. We borrow it, and then we leave it to someone else. And everything's going to someone else, and we can't, in one by, by one bit control what happens to it after we're gone. We can have a will, and we can say, okay, I'm going to give it to these, but eventually someone else is going to take over on the resources. That's it. That's how it works. Psalm 24.1 says plainly, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. This is objective reality. Any of us who get common sense for a minute and step back, we go, yep, that's the truth. It's a simple, obvious truth, and yet we live as though it's not true. We live as though all this stuff that we are fighting for and grasping for and holding on to tightly is ours. A French writer named Antoine Riveroli said, there are men who gain from their wealth only the fear of losing it. And that's true. I want to suggest to, to us many are prisoners of our own finances. We couldn't really follow God if our life depended on it. And that's where it becomes a discipleship issue. That's where it's now dangerous. It becomes an idol. And please do not be confused. The chains are not on our checkbook, but they're on our heart. This is a heart issue. And I want to suggest to you that God has given us a design to fix this. He's provided a tutor. In the same way that money reveals and illustrates the problem, I believe it is part of the key to fixing it. Remember what Jesus said in that key verse in Matthew 6, verse 21. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I've talked to you about this before. That verse is subtly kind of different than you would expect. We would expect it to say, wherever our heart is, that's where our treasure is going to be. That's not what Jesus said. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. In other words, I can change my heart. If my heart is not where it belongs, and I know it, I come to realize, oh my gosh, that's not where my heart is. Jesus is saying, I can, by directing my treasure, even if it hurts, I can train my heart differently. By directing it, by investing in what I should be investing is. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And I want to suggest God has given us a financial discipline as a gift designated to constantly remind our heart of the truth, direct our heart in the truth. That powerful heart tutor is called the tithe. It is called the tithe. The tithe means, biblically, the recognizing Of 10% of our income, 100% is God's. We've already seen that. But 10% of what we take in is designated as God's, and the Scripture says is holy unto the Lord. Leviticus 27.30 states it real plainly. A tithe, a tenth of everything from the land, whether grain, from the soil, fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. That's what tithe means, the setting of 10% aside. And the designated and giving of 10% as God's. In ancient Israel, it was for the priests and the Levites, the care of God's house and the ministers and the ministry of worship. It was particularly for religious celebration, the worship, as an act of worship. It was for the care for the poor and those who were outside of the fold of God's people, benevolence ministry. <clears throat> and I want to acknowledge right here in this room, Okay, there are lots of hang-ups when we bring this subject up of the tithe. Okay, it's it is real. 
there's been lots of weird teaching on it. And I want to up front, okay, on behalf of leadership everywhere, I want to apologize if the tithe has been used and abused for manipulation in your life. And I just want to say, honestly, um, we leaders are not exempt from taking a, from adopting a fear perspective when it comes to finances. We're not. We can get worried about provision just like everybody else. And what happens is we will get worried about provision and we start not, we stop trusting God. We start trusting, well, we gotta kinda get people to, to do something and so let's hammer them with a tithe. And I'm sorry, that's wrong. That's done out of a fear perspective. And if that has happened to you, I want to apologize. But I want to be very careful not to avoid this subject because I believe it is a biblical principle that will change your life. It is something Lori and I have practiced from the beginning of our marriage, and it has been a gift of God in our life, and I want to challenge you in that. Now, some will say, and in trying to kind of dismiss this subject, well, that was part of the law, and we're not under the law. They would be wrong. In Genesis 14, well before the law, verse 20, we see Abraham tithing to this priest named Melchizedek. He gives a tenth of what he has, what he has gained, and he gives it to this priest. Now, in Hebrews... This priest, we, we, this very mysterious character we hear of nowhere else in the scripture. In Hebrews, Melchizedek is referred to as this priest of the Most High God and the king of Salem, the king of peace. It says of him in Hebrews, he's without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days and end of life. Like the Son of God, he remains a priest forever, this Melchizedek. Most theologians believe this is a pre-incarnation manifestation of Christ Jesus himself. It's always tough to stop right in the middle of a great message, but you've been listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church right here in San Antonio, Texas. We'll be back next week at this time. However, the MP3 download of this full message is available right now at reallife.org, where you can also find the details and directions to River City Community Church, where we hope you come visit soon. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church and made possible by Dr. Ann Bass of the Neurology Center of San Antonio. As next time we'll continue the study in the book of Philippians as it applies to real life. Decisions about your child's education are some of the most important decisions that you as a parent will ever have to make. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and I'd like to introduce you to an exceptional new educational opportunity available here in San Antonio. We have recently partnered with Believers Academy to form the new River City Believers Academy, a school with a tradition of academic excellence and a vision to prepare students for real life. RCBA equips students with the academic tools to thrive in an ever-changing world, as well as the character and worldview to make the best use of those tools. Each child is unique, so our faculty is committed to using creative and innovative approaches in the classroom to engage different learning styles. River City Believers Academy is an affordable private Christian school dedicated to preparing your student to become a leader in his or her chosen field. We're accepting applications for the fall semester in all grades, from K through 12. For information, call 656-2999 or look us up on the web at BelieversAcademy.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.